You're listening to KDRTLP 95.7 FM, Davis. And now stay tuned for Heart to Heart with Dr. G. Good morning and a good afternoon and hello to everyone who might be listening at this moment or at a later time. Today I'd like to talk about the, pro- the subject of self-refinement. And what brought me to really like that word was a man at the farmer's market uh, several years ago. He was selling dark chocolate of high quality it was called raffiné, refined. And I loved the title. I love the name. I love the dark chocolate, of course. But it was a reminder that most of us have the makings of being the best person that we can be. Yet at the same time, we have learned various things that may or may not always be helpful. And we are invited to change and to be the new you, the new self. Yet at the same time, maybe it's simply a need for refinement. So, And we are also invited to take one day at a time. Take it easy, go slow, whenever you can, of course. And so I'd like to talk about self-refinement one week at a time. Not one day, one week taking the seven days of each week as an opportunity to do something to refine one's own way of dealing with this, that, and the other thing because life has a way of presenting all of us with uh, challenges and unexpected kind of moments, etc., etc. And And also, if you have noticed, we all have birthdays every year, whether we celebrate it or not, or whether we like it or not, whether we wish we could pass it up or not. The fact is that we still move on in years, one year at a time. And so oftentimes it's good to say, which episode of life am I facing and, and dealing with at this moment? 
and uh, what do I need to know, and what have I learned in the past, some of which may be really helpful to remember right now, but some of it may also be, hmm, something that needs refinement. So I will ask you or invite you, invite you to consider the week starting on a Monday and take one day at a time with a focus because sometimes when we are saying, I just want to be my, my best self no matter what, and, and then we forget all about it and we react instead of re, um, respond to the situation. But if we take one day at a time maybe it becomes a little bit easier to say, what is my focus today? So let's imagine that it is a Monday, the first day of the week. And what might you do? You might decide that today you're going to smile as often as you can. Even smile at strangers, people you do not know. You might you might smile at squirrels, at dogs, at, ca at cats, at birds, at nature around you. And it's interesting because in order to smile, one needs to or one easily looks for reasons for smiling. And at first, it may not be that there's a big reason for smiling, something really cute and adorable or funny that takes place. But if you were to decide that you were to smile, because often, oftentimes I've noticed that people frown and they don't even realize that they are doing that. They're not particularly angry or annoyed or irritated. They're just frowning because that's their custom. That is what they've practiced the most. And so what if you were to practice on Mondays to smile? To smile requires that you wake up your senses, all five of them, or six of them if you wish, and that you ask yourself, what is there to smile about? And so it invites you to take time to notice what there is to see, to hear, to taste perhaps, to feel against your skin, um, and I'm naming just a few of your senses at this moment, what is there that is something to smile about? And smiling at strangers, it doesn't obligate you in any way, shape, or form for further kind of uh, a continuity of a friendship. And yet you never know how you may be impacting someone whose life is not going well on this particular day or for quite some time maybe perhaps they are not well physically perhaps they are facing difficult personal circumstances of one sort or, or another and it is not necessary that you know about what it is that they're dealing with and yet you never know how your smile might make a difference in their perspective in their way of dealing with whatever it is that is taking place in their life as because they may notice that here you are a stranger perhaps or someone who's with whom they're barely acquainted much if at all and yet you have you you're sharing your smile with them and it's it gives people a sense of there's hope for me in this world even when everything seems to be going downhill 
very fast. It is good to be reminded because somebody else smiles at us that maybe right now things seem to be going down, nothing remains static, and we do have a change in perspective, a shift in perspective, a good look at one's perspective that could make a difference. So smiling on Mondays could be your theme. It's like whatever's going on or not going on, I'm going to smile and I'm going to pay attention to what there might be to smile about. And then I'm going to smile even when there's nothing to smile about, just for the sake of smiling, to be well-practiced at smiling, smiling at self in the mirror, smiling at others that you encounter, and smiling at the nature around you that gives you plenty of opportunities. And it's good for you. It's a good practice for you because if you are accustomed to being annoyed, irritated, or angry, you may not have realized that that has become your norm and it might be that you can do something just like ref the, 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 the dark chocolate that I mentioned a moment ago, titled or called Raffiné, Refined, Refinement. And smiling is a way of refining the way you greet yourself and you greet others and you greet the circumstances in the course of the day. And it might be good pr practice for you, as I've said, but it also might be very helpful for the other person whom you may never actually speak to. You may never know how you have made a difference. And that is good to know that we can make a difference by our perspective and how it's reflected in our smile, in our eyes, in our way of being in their company even if it's just to pass by and say hello and to smile for no reason at all. And you may never see that person again, and yet you may have made a huge difference, not, low in, not only in your life, but also in someone else's life. Think about that. I'll be right back. If you are wondering about the music that's being played at this moment, it is from a CD titled Acupuncture for Mind. Some of you may know acupuncture. You may go to see an acupuncturist from time to time or when something hurts or just to retain and remain feeling good about yourself and <clears throat> feeling good in your body. The way I came across this particular CD, I was in San Francisco with a friend. We were walking around a very lovely art shop, 
art gallery, perhaps. And I was really tuned into the music that was playing more so than the art that was being dis displayed. And so I went to the person who seemed to be in charge of the store and said something like, I like your music. Tell me something about what CD you might be playing. And she introduced me to Acupuncture for Mind. And it is such a wonderful idea to think of music as a way of refining the way you approach the day. It might make you smile. So I am going through the days of the week, giving you or offering you one week to refine the way you approach whatever is taking place in your life and the life of others. And so the first one, Monday, was to smile even at strangers, apparently for no reason that you can detect at first, and yet to also look for things that are worthy of your smiling nature. And now we're up to Tuesday, and you might say, what could I do on Tuesday to refine the way I approach whatever takes place? Tuesday is the day when you might turn off your cell phone. Yes, and you might miss a call or two or a game or a program or something, an app that you are fond of. Turning off your phone gives you the opportunity to look around, again, to turn on all of your senses, your eyes, what is there to see and enjoy, what is there to notice and appreciate, what is there to hear around you when you pay attention to the sounds? that It could be the, the bird songs. It could be um, an, an owl. It could be a, a, a bird singing. It could be music. It could be all sorts of things. And so turning off your cell phone gives you the, the opportunity to practice being fully present even if it's for part of the time only. We have been given great tools that allow us, whether they're computers or cell phones or iPads, et cetera, et cetera, yet these are tools to use to make our lives better, not worse. And so it's good to Turn off that cell phone from time to time and have Tuesday devoted to being without the cell phone, at least if not all day, at, in parts of the day, turning it off. And then, 
Of course, you may need to turn it on because you use it for business or you're expecting an important call. And yet, I invite you to consider turning off your cell phone and leaving it off for enough time to give you the time to notice what there is to notice with your senses fully alive in your surroundings, in the world around you. And if you do that, you might hear nothing but silence. And that in itself is a great richness which we are now in danger of losing, shall we say, because turning off the cell phone gives us silence in a world that is very noisy. In whatever ways it is, it seems like we are uh, easily assaulted by all sorts of sounds that don't belong to nature. And so it's good to turn off the cell phone and notice or look for or attend to or listen for the sounds that you would be missing if you were on your cell phone, whether it's the sound of a child, whether it's the sound of a pet, whether it's a sound of birds or whatever the sound might be, or it could be the sound of your voice. It could be your outer voice. It could be your inner voice. And how can we ever listen to our inner voice if we are always busy being on the phone? So Tuesday could be devoted to turning off your cell phone as much of the time and for as long as you can. And some folks who have tried this as an experiment have discovered that their ability to be without the cell phone seems to be very short. And they wonder, how did I get this under my belt so that I can't seem to live without my cell phone? And then to take several, three, well, three at least, several deep breaths and say, let me practice being cell phoneless, so to speak, so that I can hear whatever else is available, whether it's the voice of my own inner voice, whether it's the voice of a friend, a child, the, vo the voice of a cat, a dog, or some other creature nearby, or it's the sound of music that you would love to listen to and just hear and enjoy. Think about that. That's for Tuesday. Stay tuned for more. Someone has written about this subject. The, uh, ar the article in question is titled, What's on My Mind? He writes, When was the last time you charged your phone? 
What about your mind? Most of us wouldn't dream of draining our phone battery to zero, but when it comes to our minds, we'll often let them run on empty. Hmm. So that person suggests, choose to take care of your mental, and I would say an emotional health, by recharging your deeper mind, just like you charge your phone regularly, and, and, and like it won't function without, because it won't function if you don't recharge it. Think about that. I would like to let you know of some other programs that are here on KDRT. One very fine program is titled That's Life with Lois Richter, and her format is mostly interviews. Recurring topics do include Davis activities and groups, work and life choices, philosophy and theory, plus sometimes she talks about birding and cooking art and other passions. And sometimes Lois breaks into music from ballads to the slack key sounds of Hawaii to golden oldies like rock and roll. But mostly she says, we just talk and it's live on Thursdays at 12 noon and it can be found anytime you wish online. And what about Wednesday, you wonder? Well, on Wednesday, make friends with a diversity of folks. Make friends with people you don't know much or you don't usually encounter or they may have other perspectives other than yours. Make friends with a diversity of folks so that you have different points of view, you know of people who have a different way of living their lives. And of course, it's important to do that as safely as one can, safe in body, mind, and spirit. Perhaps I could talk about the three kinds of friendships, and that might be opening your eyes to something that you already know, 
but there are light friendships. They are just o- occasional. You you do not confide with these folks, but you want to you, you enjoy be having them in your life. Occasionally you get together, or occasionally you talk, or you you you're on the phone together. And there are other people with whom you are on a friendly basis, a little more frequently, and yet not a deep friendship. And then there's a deep friendship where it is safe to confide, to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about who you are, what you're all about, what you believe in, not your opinion, by the way, but the truth about yourself deep friendships, people who will listen, who will make it a point to get to know you, to be interested enough to listen without breaking into comparisons or reactions such as same thing happened to me or whatever else might take place. It is good to to have uh, friends um, who are who are uh, available for the deeper aspects of yourself, and friends who will, uh, in fact, hear you, and not make an, uh, draw conclusions based on limited information because. None of us have lived someone else's life. We may think we know who they are. We may think we know a lot about their story or their history. And we may have known them for a long time, but we've never been in the living life, in their sho- walking in their shoes, shall we say. And so making friends with a diversity of folks, people whom you know well, people whom you don't know very well, and people with whom you, actually, you don't know them at all. And you say, I'd like to get to know you a little bit. And it doesn't mean that you make a, a, a contract or you assure them that you will be available as, as a, a daily friend, on a daily basis as a friend, but still that you find them to be of interest you f- and you know that you don't know much about their life and what they've lived through. And therefore, you'd like to get to know them a little bit more. Stay tuned for more. So, so far we've taken, we've uh, considered Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to go over it. Monday could be dedicated to smiling, 
just for no reason and then finding a reason and smiling even at strangers. On Tuesday, you might dedicate the day to turning off your cell phone as much of the time and for as long as you possibly can endure the silence. (laughs) And you might find yourself surprised that in the silence, there is your own voice, there is the voice of other people, and there are sounds that you would not be hearing if you were on your cell phone. And number three is making friends with a diversity of folks and having a diversity of friendships, some very light, some more friendly, more frequent, and some deep friendships where someone will listen to you and be attentive to what's going on with you and not try to interject their own perspective, their own opinion, their own experience, or their own version to fixing You're listening to Heart to Heart on KDRT-LP 95.7 FM. The Davis Garden Show, that's another program here on KDRT with a a man named Don Shore and his uh, co-host, Lois Richter. Don Shore has um, a lot of knowledge about plants and can give you information that you might not know or that you might uh, benefit from greatly. He's a a nursery pro, Don Shore is his name, and he's been gardening and selling plants in Davis for more than three decades. So join Don and his co-host Lois Richter as they discuss and answer your questions on all things for the garden. And to submit a question, send to gmail.com for Davis Garden Show.
to Thursday. And Thursday, what might you select? And by the way, you can review all this and have a different number of selections that are more in line with your needs. Yet at the same time, it's good to first practice this self-refinement one week at a time in the manner in which they are given because they may, you may not have thought about some of those aspects of being. For example, on Thursday, you might hug as often and, of course, as safely as is possible. Sharing hugs is good for you and is good for the other person unless it's imposed in a way that is offensive and that does not work well for them. It's always good to ask, I'm a hugging person, may I hug you? Especially when you know them and you know them to be uh, practicing safe precautions in terms of this, uh, this illness that is going around these days. And hug as if you mean it. You may hug your pets, whether they're real or they're not. They may be warm and fuzzy or cool and fuzzy, being uh, stuffed animals. But it's good to hug frequently because it gives us the reassurance that we are huggable, we have hugs to give, and we are social people, so social creatures who, who need and like to share hugs as often and as safely as possible without being offensive. And if someone has had in their history, and you don't always know about that, some difficulties, it is always good to say, I'm a hugging kind of person. I'd love to hug you. May I do that? Just in case it's not okay with them. And especially the, these days when there is uh, the possibility of um, a virus that go, goes around, it seems, and surges and then diminishes and surges again. Unless we know how someone is taking care of themselves in that regard, it's good to say, I'd love to hug you, may I do that? And then hug them like you mean it. I had a friend a long time ago. She was known for the warmth of her hugs and the fact that when she hugged you, she didn't let go. It wasn't an inappropriate insistence that she still be hugging you. It was that her hugs were real hugs. They were not just automatic. They were, in fact, really felt and given with heart, with, with kindness, and with, uh, with consideration, and with care. And she was known for her hugs. That friend, unfortunately, has died and is no longer of our world, and yet she is still in my world as a memory and as, a, as, a, as someone I came to know quite well a long time ago. So hugging is on Thursdays. Make it your hugging day. Hug yourself. Give yourself credit for what you do well and, um, and hug others when you can 
and hug your your pets, your uh, in fact, I have a, an item where in which sits a little puppy dog. It's not real, but it's the cutest little dog. And so when I go by, I, I touch it. And sometimes I hug it a little bit more. And um, there's something about that exchange, even if it's not a real pet, that has value. And when you hug a real pet or a real person, it has even more value. So we've gone through Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday. What about Friday, you say? Assume nothing. And know the difference between knowing about something versus having an opinion about something, because an opinion is often unresearched and not based on facts, it's just the way one has been trained in the past or one likes to believe, yet at the same time, it's good to say, is this my opinion or is this something I know something about? Assume nothing and therefore take time to use non-offensive language when you're speaking to someone and Restrain yourself from giving them your opinion about who they are or what their diagnosis would be or what you think about them, but rather to say, to, to, to speak about your own perspective and to be available to hear the other person. And there is more to being available than a moment here and there in between phone calls on the cell phone in question. In fact, that is a good time to turn off the cell phone. I was astounded some years ago when go, going to lunch with a friend, uh, a colleague, uh, a person who did work uh, in the same line as I did, and I was surprised to find the phones on the tables and it's good to say, you know, I'm not assuming anything. I'm not assuming that these phone calls are so important that I must answer no matter what or that I have to have my cell phone with me at all time. So that could be your focus on Friday. Assume nothing. When you meet with a friend, turn off your phone and say, tell me about you. And are you willing to hear a little bit about me? But give yourself the time to hear about the other person and then say, I'd like to share some of what's going on with me. Are you available for that? 
And it is good to pay attention to the language that we use because words cannot be taken back. One can apologize, and yet the hurt is often already created, already taking place. And so words can sometimes carry more weight than we realize. And it is good to take time to use non-offensive language when speaking to a friend. Whatever we are talking about, it's, it's good to, to say, how can I speak in such a way that I tell the truth of what's going on with me, and yet I take into consideration what that person might be sensitive about or what their experience might have been about. And that requires full presence. That requires taking for as important the fact that what's going on with me or yourself is important as is what is going on with the other person or what has gone on in their life so far. What about Saturday, you say? Ah, yes, Saturday. I remember a video I saw a long time ago, and I saw it again very recently, and it still moved me to tears. It is about, it is featuring the music of, I think the name of the musician is Emmanuel Tommy, perhaps the first name, who plays the guitar and usually uh, plays rather fast selections, but this one is a bit slower. And the video is titled Blood Brothers, and it features silently someone who is in need of help and someone providing help with no price tag or no assumption made or no expectation of a reward. And the theme is today you Tomorrow, me. Yes. Think about it for a moment. Today, maybe the other person needs help. And tomorrow, it could be you needing help. And do you want to be selective about who provides the help? Or do you want to just appreciate that help is given, offered, and you are the recipient at times? It's about giving what you can Offering what you can, when you can, when you are able to, when you have the richness of a plenty inside, or when someone has already been very kind to you and you say, I'd like to give back, if not to the person who gave me such attention or some, some assistance, but rather to someone else who now needs assistance Today, you. Tomorrow, me. 
That seems to be the theme of that video. It is very touching. It is titled Blood Brothers, and I was touched to tears when I first saw it. I saw it several times, and I was touched to tears each time. And I make across, I came across it recently, unexpectedly, and by golly, I was touched to tears again. So that's what you could dedicate yourself to on Saturday. Offer what you can, when you can, and know how to receive, thankfully. So what happens on Sunday? Ah, on Sunday, take several slow, easy breaths and pat yourself on the front, on the back, on the sides, and smile once again. Smile because you have something to smile about that you didn't have quite as generously at the beginning of the week when you practiced on Monday. Smiling, smiling at strangers, smiling at first for no reason. Tuesday, turning off your cell phone for as long and even longer than you normally would. Wednesday, you made friends with a diversity of folks. And Thursday, you hugged as often and as generously as possible. And Friday, you assumed nothing and you listened. You listened to understand to some degree. You listened to simply know what the person is experiencing or going through without judgment or opinion. And Saturday, you practiced today, you, tomorrow, me, giving what you can, offering what you can, offering when you can, so that on Sunday, you pat yourself on the front, on the back, on the sides, and you smile and you say, I'm doing well. And you say to yourself, thank goodness I'm open to learning new ways of being me and becoming my best me at whatever stage of life you might be at this moment. There's always room for refinement. Think about that. I'll be right back.
So it's about being alive and finding good reason to enjoy, to thriving even when facing difficult times, to survive the difficult times, to be fully present, fully alive, and to thrive no matter what. So what I shared with you today is a way of, of doing that refinement, self-refinement, one week at a time, and taking Sunday to really appreciate what you've done, what you have become, and what you are still becoming, because there's always room for refining the self at every stage of life, at any age, and in any circumstance. So to uh, a way of reviewing what I've talked about, I've shared with you a perspective on living a reasonably joyful life, the basics, spirit, and vision, aliveness, and a focus. And one could look at it in three ways, meeting basic needs for sustaining life, like safety and home, meaningful work, family and friends, and so on. One could look at it as keeping that original childlike ability to find joy in small things, to laugh generously, an important factor, that second one, because it's easy to become a little too serious, a little too worried, a little too negative. And so it's good to look at young children and see their ability to find joy in small things and say, what of that can I reclaim for myself? And can I too laugh generously? Why not? Even in the midst of difficulties, there can always be room for laughter, for joy, for humor. Not humor to forget, to pretend that everything is swell when it is not, but to also find ways of finding something to laugh about, something to giggle about, something to be humorous about, because there's always room for laughter. And if you include laughter as a necessary, it's like, um, it's like a, um, it's like a supplement that you put into your system and you say, laughter is a very necessary supplement and I want to have as much of it as possible, not laughing in spite of circumstances but uh, or when circumstances demand seriousness, but laughing beyond the circumstances and being sensitive to others who may be going through a rough times, yet at the same time, finding ways to laugh generously and moving forward always with an open heart and an open mind to be receptive to becoming more the self-refined version of you. Stay tuned.
So just going over those three very basic aspects of living life to in such a way so as to go beyond survival, being fully alive and thriving regardless of the difficulties that you might also be facing or that others are facing. Meeting your basic needs for sustaining life like being safe, having a place called home, a, a door that you can close and say, thank goodness I have a place of my own and I can call it home. Meaningful work, having some purpose, some definition of your work that is not defined by the check you get at the end of the week only. Sure, that's necessary as well, but is defined by the fact that you believe in what you're doing, you like what you're doing, you're expressing a talent or a capability, and you are participating in the wellness and being of family and friends, even if it's indirect and they don't even recognize you. Yes, in spite of that, to have the focus on sustaining your basic needs and keeping that original child in yourself, that ability to find joy in the smallest of things and the smallest of moments and to laugh easily and generously and frequently. Yes, to do that and to move forward with always keeping an open heart and mind, to be receptive to learning more how to be the refined version of who you are at the age of 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 and 60 and 80 and 90 and 110 <laughs> as well. With a little bit more music coming, this is Dr. G saying ciao for now.